Man, yes, sir, yes, sir. Hiyalapod, davidwest.org, with my guy, my absolute man. I'm, I was just telling this dude, he's been looking out for me. I've known him for under a year, ladies and gentlemen, but he's been looking out for me like no one else. Definitely a mentor, Tyler Campbell. How you doing, family? Yo, it brings me great joy, like, to see you in this position. Like, I'm seeing you in your light, um, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, I, I feel privileged, you know what I'm saying? We're going to hook it up like a tow truck today, baby. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And like I said, I'm, I've known you under a year, bro, and you've just countlessly looked out for me, bro. And I'm saying that sincerely. I really want to start off giving you flowers, bro, because out the gate, just looking out, and we're going to definitely tap in and talk about all the stuff you've done for me. I just graduated. The people you've got me in touch with, who you've let me interview on your behalf. Like, man, so I just, I appreciate you and your time, bro. Sincerely. Hey, man, we lift as we climb. Each one reach one. Hey, each one teach one. Simple motto, bro. Simple motto. It's all love, baby. Already, most definitely. Well, let's get, let's jump right into it again. This is Tyler Campbell, TC Speaks, and I think I want to start with the TC Speaks aspect of you, right? Because I know that's like your, that's your drive. That's your passion right there. So tell me about, jump right into it, because I had something in mind, but I, I switched it up because this morning, I was telling Ruff, it's just been up and down. Like today, whatever, whatever, for whatever reason, I told you I flew in today. The lines was long at the airport, right? You know, ACL this past weekend. ACL. Right. Southwest canceled a thousand flights yesterday. I, I'm, a, I'm loyalist for Southwest, <laughs> so you know, I'm loyal Southwest. So they canceling flights yesterday, left and right. Today they get canceled, but that line was crazy, right? Line wow. was crazy, man. It just managing the uncontrolled. I had an appointment, uh, fifty minutes. They was running 50 minutes behind. I said, oh, I got to cancel on y'all. I can't. I'm not going to be able to stay here and wait on y'all. So just talk about, um, type, we're going to tap into the TC Speaks bag, just managing the uncontrollable. Like, what what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, I tell everybody, that's why it's so big to understand your gift and your purpose in life. You know, um, and that 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 goes into really and truly understanding who you are. You know what I'm saying? Tapping into what, you know, I'll never forget. I listened to a message from, from Dr. Martin Luther King, and he was in a Philadelphia middle school, okay. like back in the in the early 60s, like, or in the late 50s or 60s. And he um, was talking to them about the model of understanding their self-worth. Mm. Like when you understand your worth, when you know your gift and your purpose, you understand that you kind of lay back in knowing that you can't control everything in this world. You can't control what's going to take place and how you're going to be able to handle it. The only thing that you can control is how you react to those situations. And when you understand your gift and your purpose and what you are destined here for this earth, you know what your path in life is. You know what those ultimate goals are that you're trying to reach. You know that destination that you're trying to get to. Right. When you understand those things, every time you get knocked off or every time you get derailed, you quickly possess the heart set as well as the mindset to get right back on and keep pushing. Right. You understand that. And, and it's so powerful, right? Because everything, like you said, all that stuff you couldn't control, yo, but you still here today. Mm. You still got to the studio. You know what I'm saying? D? We still doing this interview. You still putting your work in. You still got on Southwest Airlines. You feel me? <laughs> but it was because no matter what happened, you knew you had a destination or a purpose to fulfill. You have a gift on this microphone and you're utilizing that and you're walking in it. So you live in it as much as I'm talking it. That's what we talk about when controlling uncontrollables. You know what I'm saying? You still live by your gift, your purpose, and your worth. Thank you, Dr. King. Yeah, hey, man, most definitely. Let me, and just off that alone, let me properly reintroduce you. Tyler Campbell, Real Life, Real Talk Radio, TC Speaks. <laughs> got to make sure I got you. I got to make sure I'm showing you love, bro. You know how we rock, bro. Got to make That's sure I'm I already gave y'all, he already gave y'all a few gems out the gate, but you know, we got way more to get into, man. But yeah, like I said, just managing the uncontrollable. And it's one of those things where, you know, you get frustrated, right? You gotta, you know, you get frustrated, but the thing is, it's like when you're busy and this is where I'm learning, you know, I just graduated, you know my story, right? I just graduated, right? And I'm real busy now, blessed, right? And you just have a different respect for your time. So when that time is not being accounted for by others, it rubs you some type of way, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's big. And 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 watch this, you know. Now that you now that you business minded, you know what I'm saying. You a young man in this world, you about to go get it and make your presence roll. It's like smashing the gas. All systems go. You trying to get out here and go get it, 
And I think what you're also going to find and what I found is it made it easier for me to like shift people out of my life mm. that no longer needed to be there, mm. make room for other people to come in. Right. Also make room for the people that life was about to bring me on this journey. And because I'm actually at the right mindset and heart set and maturity level to receive them, to make sure that I make room for them too. I just heard you talking to your man before we got in here. And it's like, you value him at a different level right. and you make room for him all the while. I know there's some people that David West don't rock with no more because they don't understand the journey. And that could be as quick as the David West who just graduated. There's people you went to school, like you got a different agenda now. Um, and so that is the beautiful thing about life as well as time. Okay. Time is precious. You don't get it back. And so, so, so I'm glad to hear you. Bro. Currency, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that everything that you do, it's calculated. And watch this, it's preparing you for your marriage when you, it's preparing for you when you have kids, bro. Your time is always that thing that you don't get back. So you got to treat it so precious, but also it's going to build you because you're going to go to another level because you're going to get some people in your life who are respectful of it. Mm -hmm. And then when people aren't, you bypass it. You bypass it very quickly. You're very decisive. You got a certain level of intuitiveness about you because you know that there's some stuff that David West got to do. And I think that's the other thing is like people, um, they keep people in their lives who are wasting their doggone time. Mm. What for? I'm telling you, man. I think uh, I'm really, it's it's the selfish versus selfless, right? That's, mm, that's really like what that. it is, right? Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. It's, uh, man, I'm telling you, I graduated. I just started moving different, like, moved out from student housing got my own apartment whatever and it's and that's not important but the, the main point is like i started aligning myself with people going in the same direction i'm going in right and that's rubbing some people close to me the wrong way because I'm, I'm a little more hesitant to go over there and spend time with them every single day of the week nowadays you know again it's just valuing my time but it's at the same time surround if you're not going the direction i'm going in, we just we're not gonna be able to align moving forward you know Hey, that boy Nip used to say, you know, everybody in the circle can't go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody can't go. You got to stop. You know what I'm saying? See, see the opportunities present. You got to walk in it, bro. You got to see the opportunity present. Knowing, And I think the first move is like, yo, everybody can't get on this journey with you. I think that's one thing I learned from my pop, you know, and, and you know, having a father who's NFL Hall of Famer, Housing Trophy winner. Um, it taught me to see, like, are people really for you? Mm -hmm. Or are they for the last name that you carry or trying to get closer to pop? Do they have their own agenda? Right. So for me, I read people very differently. My clique has always been been very small. Um, I've always been introverted from that standpoint by nature. I'm always very specific about who I give my heart and my time to. Those things really propelled me, prepared me for husband, for father, for entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, because I understand time very 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 i'm it's like it's it's so precious to me so say it the good book i view time totally different i'm very skewed with it bro right. and i weed it out really quickly right. some people don't like it some people say i'm rude or tyler don't really rock. no i just got this i got that tunnel vision yeah. and i know that it's if it's distraction right here you ain't coming in my tunnel mm. you ain't getting there right. if you want to go out over here no nah, i can't do that three kids and a wife i got i got a gift and a purpose to fulfill i so I, it prepared me for it, man. I love Not it. Not even man. knowing it. I love it. I love it again. Time is your main currency, your only currency at the end of the day, right? Man, oh. but beautiful transition, man, because we got to talk about it. Earl Campbell, your dad, who you, man, and I'm just, I have so many questions just saying the name because this is a different lifestyle. I don't know anyone else who's had a dad or a parent or of any circumstance achieve that level of greatness and then have to potentially perceived to have to fill that role or the expectations but let's start from the very beginning the foundation sort of your ethos um growing up seeing your dad in the nfl heisman winning everything man what's that what's that like for you i know there's expectations involved but tell me the full story man how's it growing hey. up with expectations and seeing that day to day what's that lifestyle like hey man the great expectation shout out to pip one of my favorite novels of all time okay and uh nah but for me, I think the, the joy most people don't understand is like my pop was very good about leaving Earl Campbell, the star, Earl Campbell, the sausage man, Earl Campbell, the 
the the official hero of the state of Texas, you know, one of four as 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 determined by our our state legislature, like Davy Crockett, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, Earl Campbell. Like that's that's wild. Yeah, Yeah, that's not taught in history, but that's that's real. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But he did a great job of leaving that person there. I think growing up, I didn't understand um, the magnitude. You know, I saw the dude who came home, took care of his wife, you know, took his kids swimming, you know what I'm saying, let us ride on his back. Uh, you know, that guy who was there cooking hamburgers, you know, sat at the head of the table, ate the big piece of chicken. You know what I mean? I saw I saw that guy. You know what I mean? Um, somebody who who loved and cared for his family. Uh, so what I learned about my dad, I learned it from my friends, their parents, um, even teachers in elementary school. You know, that that's I learned all of that because that's not the dad that that's not the Earl Campbell that I got, you know, and, and I'm grateful. I feel like I got something better. Um, pressure came from the rest of the world. You know, um, the pressure came from the moment you started to play sports. Um, you get interviews at a very, very early age. I was garbage at football. Hill, Hill County Middle School, right? Yeah, Hill Country. Hill Country. Hill Country. Hill Country, like, Hill Country. I was very garbage at sports. So for me, um, it caused me to suffer inwardly. Um, I think it crippled me. If you want to keep it 100, I think what it did for me was not anything. No pressure was put on by my family. Um, everything was done f- you know, internally with myself. I battled with myself because I put expectations of what I was supposed to be, Tyler did. And when I didn't measure up to that, that's where the struggle for me emotionally, uh, mentally started to come into play. Uh, I was at a school where there weren't a lot of black students there. So automatically I felt like there were only certain conversations that I could have with that population of people growing up. And it, it caused me to more isolate myself and, um, even though that I was around people, I just felt like, yo, I'm, 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 I'm a black kid around a lot. There's not a lot that I can open up to you because you're not seeing the world the same way I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it didn't say mean that the, the people around me were negative people or bad people. I just saw like, ah, I'm different. And, and, and it's twofold almost. It's, it's two different elements, right? They don't come from where you come from again, your dad being who he is. And at the same time, I also saw that one of the only black students in the school on the football mm-hmm. team, so uh, yeah, talk about the football life about it um, in middle school specifically because I know. Yeah. I know oh you, yeah. You talking yeah, about late bloomer? I was garbage, D. Yeah, I was garbage. Bloomer. So I was, I was, I was, the, I was supposed to be a sixth grader, right? I think in the seventh grade when you started playing middle school football, I was eleven turning twelve versus kids who were twelve turning thirteen, and that was my first time playing football. I was always a basketball kid, so I was behind puberty wise and physically wise, and and football is one of those things like, yo. It, it makes you get with the program ASAP. Mm. Somebody get hit real quick, you find out how quickly you can react. And for me, I was just behind methodically. Like football was, I was, and I felt so embarrassed, right? You a black kid, one of the black kids in school, look, you got to be able to dance, right? Surely you can dance. You, I couldn't dance. Surely you can play ball then, TC. You got, Campbell? And you, you a brother? One of the, only, the only brother on the team? You got to be able. And so it was trash talk, not only from, from the kids I went to school with, rightfully, right? I mean, it's just called a spade a spade, but also the opposing teams. Mm. So I used to really just crumble emotionally. Like I struggled um, trying to find identity. Yep. Yeah. You know, just trying to find yourself. Not to say that my mom and my dad did nothing wrong, man, my family loved me. You know what I'm saying? My mother was an entrepreneur. She had her own, her own clothing store growing up. My pops was doing his thing. Um, parents loved, it was there. You know, lessons taught, it was there. Um, I just struggled. My brother was uh, a sophomore year at Westlake High School. He finished second in the state in the 200 meters for 5A. You know what I'm saying? So my brother was athletically gifted. I was the one lagging. I really struggled. Eighth grade, things started to change the next year of football. And uh, when you enter Westlake High School, um, you know, I'm playing running back full time. And then my sophomore year, I made varsity at Westlake High School. Right, and right. so when football started to come around for me, I started to have an identity. The only problem was the, again, worth, purpose and gift. I thought that everything centered around football. And I still didn't give myself the measure of understanding my own worth, knowing that there was more to me than just that, knowing that the man above wanted to do more with me. And quite possibly he equipped me with something that he didn't give my dad, my brother, my mother and uh, anybody else. He gave Tyler something. 
but I didn't give myself enough value and worth to try to like go that path. So I put everything, my mistake was the way that the world would love me. I put it all into football because I, you know, psychologically, I thought, yo, I wanted what dad had. I thought that's what we did. Like we play sports, we play football. So I need football to be my everything. And that's kind of mentally like that was kind of the wrong mindset, but I put everything in there because I started having success at Westlake. Right. And it right. was everything that I'd ever longed for because everything was so hard. I was so terrible at one point. Um, and uh, I put a lot of work in to get to that point. And when I got that, I put everything in the football D. For sure. Everything. Right before we get to the Westlake, um, tell me, kind of going backwards a little bit. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to pursue a sport? Because again, I feel like that's where a lot of, a lot of cats, um, that's where they feel like they have to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Again, your dad being who he is, the pedigree he carries, the legacy he holds in Texas. Mm -hmm. Was it like, did it feel mentally, oh, I have to do this because he did that? I don't think it was so. It was never that. If anything, I love what my brother was doing. And then I loved, like, uh, my friends, the, the cats who I was friends with in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It was always ride your bike home from school, walk home from school, whatever. And then we played yard football or we played basketball. You know what I'm saying? It was. Just, I think that was just a product of being a kid. Now, it probably gets pushed even more because here in the state of Texas, you know, football is everything. everything. I told my wife, you know, you know, our kids are probably going to end up, my son probably going to end up playing football, not because I push him. But doggone it, because it seemed like every other kid out here—that's all he knows. Yeah, it's all they, they're gonna him. try. They're gonna try to play football somewhere. You know, seventh grade, somewhere. You know, you'll give it a shot somewhere. Sixth grade, whatever. Um, that's how it was for me. Like I just, my friends were playing, and I didn't want to get left behind. You know, I was playing basketball, so it's like Christian, my brother played it. Um, my cousins play it. You know, I gotta play it, and I, and I, I, I and I, and I did. I wanted to. Um, what I was not prepared for was like everything that came with football, you know, the work ethic, the discipline, the getting knocked down and getting picked back up that all that other stuff. That's what I wasn't ready for. For sure. And I think you also tapped into another uh, big thing that I like to talk about with athletes when I have when I talk to them on the platform. And it's uh, shout out to Chase Moore because he put the idea in my head. Oh, yo, Chase, beast. Yo, yo, doing it really well. Yeah. Yes. Got a cut. He, Man, he's doing some stuff he with the Senate. Off. I think is he in Washington? Is he in DC? I think he's doing some with the Senate. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, in, yeah. I, I had him on season one. Chase, you better come back for season two. Um, no, nah, man. Fire. Chase, my, that's my <laughs> guy. But he introduced this concept, this identity foreclosure, right? Where especially for athletes, right? You, your identity is so foreclosed in that one endeavor, it consumes you. Just it just consumes you. It takes over everything. Like I said, you. You yeah, have man. so many other passions, and like, like you, we're gonna jump into what you're doing now in the radio space, and like, but it was a time and place where you were so headstrong on one aspect of your identity. Like I said, and you know, it's the idea for just young cats of color, young cats, just whoever, right? It's mm -hmm. trying to find that identity. Your, you know, your circle's doing whatever it is, but when you're an athlete, that's what I really want to tap into because again, you're an yeah. athlete. That identity is foreclosed, right? You're so you you push into this one lane. And 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 here's the deal. You will sacrifice who you are at your core, even though, you know, there's more to you than that. You don't give that thing enough to breathe. What I'm saying is, D, I was always a comic book kid. I was always a DC comics and Marvel that, comics. Yeah. And and the imagination and the stories and 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 J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Like I'm, I read all of his books. Read the fact that this dude created languages, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Man, I'm I'm reading all of these books. I'm a reader. That's who I was. My favorite subject in school, language arts. Always, I had a teacher in the sixth grade. Her name was Mrs. Lori Shock. She taught me grammar, and it changed my life. Predicate, nominative, predicate, adjective, compound, sentence structure, uh, subject, verb, agreements, positives, infinitives. I like fell in love with that stuff, yeah. but I never let it breathe to the outside world. Nobody else. I kept all that stuff tucked away. All the while, the man up above was like, yo, you love words, son. You, you, you like taking grammar and breaking it down. You love that. You love finding where root words come from. You love the Latin derivatives that they are coming from. Mm. And you neglect all of that because this is what everybody else does. But that's not what I put into you. 
That's me at 11, 12 years old. So I had all, all that stuff presented itself, D. That's what I was supposed to be doing from Jump Street. No, no, no. But that wasn't beautiful. It wasn't newspaper. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> it wasn't sexy. It was. Yeah, it was. The girls weren't there. You know, cheerleaders don't rock with that. Um, no, no. Man, so, hey, they they didn't listen. Man, if I can go back to high school, I want all the nerds in my circle. Right, I need the I need the band kids. I need man. the theater arts kids because I was the same way. Right, athletic, competitive, all that. Right, I'm looking at them like, and I had friends in band. Don't get me wrong, but I'm looking mm-hmm. at them like ah. That's cool. Dang. That's cool. Hey, you tapping no, in your I'm I'm a hater. Like you tapping in your creativity. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's all yeah. over. like you doing your thing, but I mean it's we doing sports over here. What you doing? Like that's the mindset. I feel like that's where we're all at though, especially yeah. black young guys, man. And that's yeah. all you know is sports, man. How how did you get out of that? So I think um Or rather I, rather, when did you when did you realize uh yeah. when did you come to the realization that um this was the higher this was the purpose, this was a so um, I think, you know, when I when I got to college, you know, I know you're going you're to kick the interview. I'll go wherever you go. Yeah, for sure. When I got, go when I got to when I got to college and I took that I took a Africana studies speech class. Mm. So I'm a, so it took all the way till my senior year. Um, I'm a senior by grades, but I got one more year of eligibility football wise because right. I was a red shirt. Right. right. OK, so um, I was fearful of speaking very introverted right i took a uh, freshman speech as a senior african studies because it's like i'm gonna speak around people i might as well speak around my people mm-hmm. and when african studies and i don't know what in the world happened with african studies but it wasn't nothing but people outside of my race in african studies i was trying to figure that one out because mm-hmm. i'm like that football player mentality oh i got this us me people i got a chance to get an a right. come in here and nobody look like you except the team I'm like what? <laughs> okay so um but then the gift of words started to flow with speaking and speeches because then it came into doing history work and learning about culture. And man, I gave a I gave a 15 minute speech on soul food, on fat back, on collard greens, on chicken, on yam, difference between yams and sweet potatoes. You know what I'm saying? I was whipping it. And it was it was it was love for words. It was, and then at that time, it started to creep. Why? Because Marvel movies started to get made, okay? It became cool for everybody to jump in and talk about the the Hulk. It came cool for everybody to talk about um, Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? The Captain America, like all of that was coming in. So it was cool to share these comic book stories. And then people started doing their research on comics and, and X-Men movies were getting made. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff, that was my way. You know, all the sci-fi stuff, the movie 300 had just came out. So everything that I, because I took Latin for three years. Why? Because I, no, five years, because I love Latin culture and history. I love the Colosseum. I love Komodo Agatis Hodie Per Bene. You know, Sonatus Populusque Romani. You know what I'm saying? I love Roman culture. I was, but no, I could never speak it to nobody because you wouldn't understand it. But then the gladiator starts coming out. Then 300 starts coming out. So it's like my inner nerd can start breathing now because everybody else. But that's the wrong motto because I should have been myself from the very beginning. So it took all those years of college. I waited for the world to start circling around to make these introductions to conversations. Mm-hmm. By the way, Lord of the Rings had just come out finally. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, all this stuff I used to get lost in with these books was now cool. And so then my inner self started to breathe. But it was, man, it's years late. You know what I'm saying? I still kick myself to this day. You should have been that person when you were 12. Mm. And you let the world dictate Tyler Campbell being okay or being acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's real, man. That's, that's real. what kicks me. That's, but all, that's how it really started to fly when the world started making movies and the world started having more outlets for these things I had loved, sure. these books I had loved. That's beautiful. I just learned something new about you, man. That's super dope. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm catching up on the Marvel movies. I'm still behind. I'm I think I'm on Ant Man, bro. I'm behind. Hey, man, haven't look, haven't so seen many. the Avengers. I'm behind, fam. So I'm gonna give you a sneak peek, baby. Okay. I'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But they got a new superhero that's coming out that's gonna touch my soul later on down the road. Keep okay. spinning it, D. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I like the way you rock it on the microphone. Bro. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you, man. How yellow podcast? God damn it, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Also, definitely tap in with that cat. Uh, I think his name is Martellus Bennett. He used to play in the NFL. 
Yeah, he, man. He's an author now. He does the black. He does the black superhero comic books. I haven't tapped in, but it was an interview he did with uh Arian Foster, yeah. who inspired me to do podcasting. Arian Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah Arian Foster. Yeah, his, man. He had an interview with uh Martellus Bennett. He's big on the author. He's the black superheroes trying to find yes, representation. Man. He in had super- them children's books too. Didn't he? Yeah. Didn't come out with some children. Yeah, bro. Yeah, no, nah, big. Just, oh, big. you are, you already tapped in. Yeah, no, nah, I'm nah, big time, big time. Him and his him and his brother had great careers in the league, man. Yeah. Great careers, bro. Definitely. T- Let's put a bow on this one, though, because, again, this Come identity on. foreclosure. How, what, 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 what's the advice we give to the young cats, man, the guys? Because I know you just said that yeah. it was too late for you, you feel like, right? What do you tell? What would you tell these young cats now, man, black athletes, aspiring to be athletes, foreclosed identities, all that? Like, they need to tap into everything, not just that one identity. What would you tell them? So what you have to... You know, you know, see, like I said, stop. You got to see the opportunity present. You know what I'm saying? You use your sport to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? Use whatever you do to the fullest. It allows you to walk into different circles and have different conversations, right? It, you want to you want to use all of that. It, it It's going to pave the way for you to make some to meet and shake hands with different people, even within the school board and your high school education system. Right. Um, but I want you to just be aware. You know, there's a big thing about being aware with what's taking place in and around you, because a lot of times we're moving so far gone that we aren't aware of the people we're shaking hands with. Mm. Yo, we're not aware of the teachers who are actually taking that time um, to to come and instill something they love, which is education back into us. Like people are there trying to build pillars and they are invested. Yeah, they are invested into you and for you. You know what I'm saying? They 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 are educators. They love it. And so you have to, the reason you got to start rocking with that and you got to start embracing the people who are around you is because those relationships are giving you a platform to stand on. And those are the things that are going to allow you to pour something back into the world to fulfill it um, and, and, and in a greater magnitude than a sport could have ever fulfilled. And that's, I know that's hard to fathom because we see athletes and we see 50,000 seated stadiums in high school football here. You see, you see 10,000, 15,000 sold out over here. And you're like, man, it can't get no bigger than that. But in all actuality, it does. Mm. Because your story and your testimony, you are equipped with one. And that is the thing that you will always use to help bridge gaps, to help walk into places that you could have never fathomed. And watch this, you're gonna do them and you're gonna reach more people just by being you. You'll shake more hands just by being you. And here's the deal, D, they're not making another David West. So you're unique already because you can't be duplicated. So what you have up here, what you got up here and in here is transcending. Because they're not gonna make yeah. another one. I got one for you. I got one for you. Go ahead. There are only three primary colors, right? Yellow, blue, and red. Mm-hmm. But how many shades? There are a hundred thousand billion shades of those colors. There's yeah. there's only one you. There's, there's only, only one you. There's three main colors, but there are a thousand. I keep saying a thousand. A billion set of. Come on, man. There are just so many other colors other than those main colors. Those main colors turn into transition to all these other colors, the yellow, blues, the, the greens, the, whatever it may be. And that's that's how you should look at it. There's only one yeah. you. It's only one you. So because so, fear is what stops us, man, you got to face everything and respond. I'll never forget uh, Jim Afromo, who's a famous sports psychologist. When I read that from him, face everything and respond. You know, the only thing that's stopping you from walking or taking a different class or sitting across somebody that you've never sat with before in the classroom, or I don't know, playing a different sport, you know, what taking, whatever it's, it's the fear. So once you get past that, um, you're opening up yourself to walk into something that you never could have envisioned. Mm -hmm. We hold ourselves back when we are supposed to be so much more. And the, what gives you the confidence is if you take the time to look back over your life, yo, D, we all been through some stuff in life. But when you take your time to look back over your life, um, we've all gone through. So you have something powerful to stand on. Right. You may feel like you don't have that 4.0 or you're not the valedictorian of the school, but just as you got just as much right to be in that circle because you got an opportunity or a platform to stand on with your story or what you've been through, or what you come from, or how you got to wherever, you got a journey. 
And that's what people want anyway. They want the real. They don't always want your book smarted person. They want somebody who speaks or has something gifted intrinsically within them and they are confident in that and they stand in that. That's what's going to open up all the doors for you. And watch this. That's free. Mm. That's free. You being you and walking confident in that. Oh, that's free. That's yeah, free, man. Yeah, you give a free game right now. That's what's going on. You give it. Hey, just be game. so that's that's the advice. Yo, D, be you and be confident in you when you walk into different circles that even though you've never been in that circle, you still got something to offer because the world has never seen or met David West before. Point blank. That's again, that's free game. Free game. Let's jump back into the, the timeline. You know, I love following the timeline. Mm-hmm. Westlake High School. Um what, what what what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say it? what Football, I know you said you were kind of foreclosed on that. You, yeah. were, you were so, so, you were really running with football. Tell me about it. Um, when I think of Westlake High School, I think, um, I think of being exposed to so much. And I'm talking about like off the field versus getting on the field. You know, dealing with people who whose parents were CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, mm. lawyers, state representatives, um, some were athletes, yes, biopharmaceutical engineers. You know, all this stuff of like, uh, just watching people move, um, it just exposed my mind to a lot, made me dream a lot. Made me really see like people's family vacations and like, yo, that's really what Greece looks like. Mm. That's what Turks and Caicos looks like, you know, and saying to myself, like, there's a big world out there um, that I want to see. I want to figure out what I'm supposed to be so I can, like, see that world. Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing with my life so that I can see that? So there was there was that. I also saw more pressure on people than I experienced, experienced in my own household. I saw people whose parents were these big affluent people who had done so much. And the pressure was on their kids to fulfill that. I was like, man, I never got that. I'm so glad I never went through the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you're supposed to go to Harvard. You're supposed to go to Yale. You're supposed to go to Princeton. And I need you to do this and do that. And I'm seeing like kids about calling you 15, 16. We talk about sports. Kids burned out on education. Kids burned out because they don't, they didn't, they didn't get the A plus. They didn't get AP. You know, they got enriched. They didn't get the AP level English. They So um, I was like, wow. They, you know, kids, kids, kids feeling pressure way more than I'm feeling pressure. Mm. So at the same time, I became increasingly thankful more because my, my family wasn't like that. You know, pressure to take school seriously, but also the pressure to just find yourself, which I didn't, I didn't do. Now, I didn't take that advice. I didn't, I didn't do it, but there was that allotment like, yo, be you, be different. Pops didn't want us to play football. Um, but when when football did come, by the time you get to the West Lake High School, it's like, yo, at that time, first school in Texas to have a jumbotron when I was coming through school. Okay. It was uh, the movie Friday Night Lights, the filmmaker, uh, Peter Berg. Right. When they made the movie, they were sending people, uh, the actors, to come to come down and, and stay with us and be around us so they could get in the mode of character what Friday Night Lights was looking like. Um, we had senior girls, girls who were seniors. And they would come decorate your room the day before the game. Yo, leave you snacks, leave you candies. It was football for real. Mm. It was like on a whole nother level. It was state championship or bust. You know, um, it was uh, top top school for uh, district wins in the state of Texas. Like we had a long streak, that, which we lost when I was a senior. But um, it was a great, great expectation, right? Could you still perform even though all these expectations were there? Uh, so for me, when I started getting good at football, oh, yo, I loved it. I loved it from a standpoint that I finally went from this kid who was totally trash at sports to being the kid who was getting the interviews, the kid who was getting the letters in the mail for Division One college programs, the kid who was getting phone calls during Latin tutoring <laughs> from the University of Kansas or um, or Texas A&M or like all these schools. So for me, success came. And I loved it. I relished it. Westlake came something different to me. Like I, I actually, <laughs> I let football create this. I don't know. Create. I felt like I put everything in football was to create the world for me. Mm-hmm. Again, 
I, I put everything in this facade of a world that football was creating. And um, because of that and the success started getting experienced, I started to struggle with, um, you know, uh, underage drinking um, because I didn't understand my identity. I started putting it in the bottom of that alcohol bottle too. Um, Secret Sevens gins to be specific. I drank gin because nobody else in the party would drink gin. So gin was mine. Mm. So therefore, I didn't want you touching my drink. So I drank something that nobody else would drink. Wow. And I drank gin and Coke. I didn't drink gin and juice. Because if I drank gin and juice, you was going to try to try that because Snoop said it was cool. Oh. So oh I drank gin and Coke. So you didn't have to touch my bottle of Secret Sevens. So that's how far gone. I wasn't for alcohol for the taste. I was for alcohol for the feeling, the feeling of escape, the feeling of finding release, the feeling of finding peace. And because we were members at Barton Creek Country Club, I knew that once I got my driver's license at the age of 16 as a junior, what I would do was drink the night before and then go to Barton Creek Country Club, hit the steam room because I could sweat out the alcohol and then come back and do it so i was living i was living this double life very calculated with the two yeah Yeah. very very calculated like a person who's very lost a person who hasn't discovered himself at all and because of that he didn't understand how to handle success when the man up above was trying to bestow something on you i'm 16 years old man i got i know i have my education paid for you know how powerful that is i went to my mama when i was 16 and i said you don't have to worry about money for me to go to school Powerful. My brother was track and field, so he was a partial scholarship at the University of South Carolina because it's spring sports, right? The money's different. I had the opportunity. I told my mom when I first got my first scholarship was a uh, uh, Baylor University, second was was San Diego State. I said, "Mom, you don't have to worry about paying for my school. We good." That's powerful. I didn't know how to handle all that. Mm. Yeah, no, you you beat me to it definitely wanted to tap into um sort of that i know it's a very delicate situation so definitely want to jump into it i know you nah. gave me the green light to, to whatever the open book yeah man tell me uh however you, how however much you want to dive into it just mm-hmm. um how low was that moment uh how and uh yeah, yeah tell me about nah. that moment man whatever you yeah. whatever is comfortable to no nah, man listen so I, I so bad decisions Right. You know, how, how can you how can you make clear decisions when you aren't coherent? Right. That don't fly. Don't fly for nobody. So um, the world caught up to me. The man up above, like stepped in and intervened in my life. So I was experiencing the greatest amount of success. I walked out my junior year because of my teachers, of my coaches and my teammates. I was the number two running back in the state of Texas, ranked by Rivals.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the number 32 junior overall, number one running back, number, I mean, number two running back, number one was Adrian Peterson. I saw you uh, in that, not to cut you off because it's a delegate. Yeah. And I, I saw you in that NCAA too. I, I see you posted yeah. a picture of that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah man. That's so, so we could, could yeah. really play and, and, and was blessed and I didn't know how to handle it. So I kept drinking. I led me to getting busted by the, the police in the off season during the month of February. I was seven, 16, uh, 16 years old. And I got busted for underage drinking at a basketball game, came to the basketball game drunk. Not again, not coherent, not understanding the magnitude of what you're doing. You're the number two running back in the state of Texas. What are you doing? And uh got busted. Uh it was so bad that when they released me, when the police released me, I went back to drinking again. I went to another party and continued to get drunk. Wow. And uh they pulled me out of class Monday. I'm still thinking everything invisible, uh, you know, because I didn't get sent to the jail cell. You know, they put me in cuffs and, st- and escorted me out, but I wasn't in the jail cell. Um, so I was trying to get, they were giving me chances. The world was giving me chances, but I wasn't, I wasn't good enough to receive them. And uh, go back to school, I understand, but because I'm a minor, uh, I consumed alcohol and I was on a school campus. I violated three different principles um, and I was sent to the alternative system for Eans Education, Eans Independent School District. So they have an alternative system and they, they sent me there and I finished the rest of my junior year there. Um, I went through alcohol counseling. It gave me perspective. Um, everything self-taught. I didn't have a teacher. So I was teaching myself uh, chemistry. I was teaching myself uh, what is algebra, I believe it was, um, language arts, everything. Um, and I kind of, I gained, it, it made me humbled and it gave me perspective on life. I'd embarrass my family. I shamed my mother, my father, uh, people who came from, from basically nothing in life and made themselves something, you know, um, to make sure that their kids had better. And I blew all of that, D. Like I blew, I blew all of that in one night. And um, yeah, I had to, my dad made me call every single division one college coach who was recruiting me, whether they offered me a scholarship or not. 
because he was trying to teach me integrity. He was trying to teach me character. Right. Um, he made me call every single Division One college coach, scholarship or not, tell them what I got in trouble for, tell them that I was uh, going to be in the alternative system and not to come visit me during the spring because I wouldn't be there. Man. Own up. He made me own up. Be accountable. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a big thing, man. He was a business. He yes. told me. He told me, bro, you like a six, you're a six-figure investment by university. That's what you are. You're a six-figure investment. How much school costs, how much you eat, all that stuff. You're a six-figure investment. I wouldn't invest in you. That's what he told me. He said, I wouldn't invest in you. For what? Man. For what? Yeah. It's a business. You treat it like a business. D1 college sports is a business. It's real. Let me let's talk about let's talk about that really quickly though. D1 college sports and um yeah. We're just underage drinking and is that something that is prevalent within cuz again, the expectations of in your situation, number 2 mm -hmm. running back in the country, right? So just yeah. that that expectations, you meet expectations with desires and uh these external forces that may not be in your best interest. Is this something mm -hmm. that's prevalent in um, high school or college sports that you know of? Say it again, D. Say it one more yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess what I'm asking is how prevalent is underage drinking amongst? I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking D1, D1 sports, underage. Basically, you know, it's it's I think, it's in I the it's, it's in the way. It's in the it's, way. It's it's everywhere. I think, and and I think a lot of a lot of the times that um, you know people think people think, for instance, I grew up on the west side of Austin. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the things that happen in the West Side of Austin, you don't hear about, but you hear about what takes place South, North, and East. Mm. You know, and what I tell people is, um, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. Very much so. And um, it, it, that culture was like hand in hand, even from then. So much so, I remember when I got to college, I would see cats who came from, you know, different parts of the world, different parts of the country, and you know you go to parties over here or frat parties over here whatever that was and it's like whoa what is this world is alcohol over here stuff over here and i was like man i was seeing this in middle school <laughs> I, was, I was like i've seen I, i've seen this for stuff sure, this is sure. this like i've seen that you know um I, I felt like it's it's just it's there you know and that's why you want to watch that's why you have to spend more time with the youth that's why when you have kids, you got brothers and sisters, like be involved within their lives, you know, have the conversations, have precedent set because, you know, they're going to be exposed to it. sports or not. Even if you're just a regular student, like it's it's coming and you want to have those discussions, bro, because when you get to college and you on your own mm. and you got to go to class on your own, but you can't get there because you was out wilding on a at, at SDSU, big party school, yo, I think Friday was Wednesday. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, you know, you want to have those discussions and have, because it's only going to, you're only going to see it increased as you get older. Every year you want to see and be exposed to more and more. And if you don't have those conversations or set boundaries for yourself, um, you'll throw away your future. And I say that because I'm somebody who almost threw away theirs. Mm, for sure, man. No, you, yeah. again, you speak. But it's there, bro. Oh, it's there. You drop. Oh, it's there. Man. It's there. I mean, I could imagine it was there for me, and I'm just regular <laughs> yeah. David West, right? I'm just yeah, I'm the casual it's, college student. Mr. It. West. Yeah. Bro, my barber, bro. My barber be saying the same thing, bro. The thing is, people don't just call me David. No. It's never been. It's always David West. I don't know. I take some pride in it nowadays, but hey, say uh, my name. Yeah. Say, put some put some respect on my name. You have to. For sure. Right. Now we're gonna have to again being very manageable with your time and respectful yeah. of your time because you've already given me a generous amount. Yeah. Um, we're gonna skip JC. Cause I know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that was a big part of a thing. That's another day. We'll, we'll transition to that and SD SDSU, right? San yeah. Diego State hey, University, number twenty four team in the country. Get it right, D. San Come Diego on. State. You know, I've Let's only been go. away. Now this is what's similar about us, right? You left Texas to go to JC and Cali, correct? And mm -hmm. I, uh, when I left Prairie View, I Indeed. I moved to I moved to uh, Cupertino, California. For like three, four months before I went to UT, just to kind of get my mind right. Kind of, I knew I didn't want to be at PV. I was like, oh, let me go see what I'm gonna do in Cali real quick. Came back to UT, so we're similar in that regard. But we're gonna try. I'm glad Apple didn't steal you, baby. I'm glad Apple didn't steal you. Yo, I, I used think. to work for Apple though when it was being you built. Live in Cupertino, I man. To, I'm. 
No, my dad does scaffolding though. I used to work in that building. I was working it when it was being built. That's a whole different. That's yeah, that was a dope experience. People can't say that. Uh Skip JC, yeah. San Diego State University. What's going on there? Uh by the time I get to SDSU, man, life had been life had shown me so much. You know what I'm saying? I I experienced a different culture of cats when I was in JC. You know, I got immersed into California culture, Bloods and Crips. You know, real live Bloods and Crips on football team. Like it was a different culture for me. Um, by the time I got to SDSU, um, I had seen a lot. I'd been through a lot, ups and downs, battled depression, anxiety. So when I got to SDSU, I was ready to receive like blessings. I was ready to receive relationships with people. I was ready to receive your instruction and your guidance. I was ready to receive um, and be like just a good person. Right. I didn't want to see my brothers fail. I was more cerebral. I understood that people came from different walks of life that some cats were coming to division one and they were going to be first generation college students mm. that um, there was so much at stake for them more than football, but to get across that stage. I started to understand that the Earl Campbell that I saw and knew at this point, I understood everything that my father had been off the field. Mm. I, I, I looked at, generational curses that were broken. I looked around and I saw that I had cousins who were becoming nurses, that we were the same age. I had cousins who were at Gramlin who were uh, becoming educators and graduating as educators in their right, who were striving to be principals. Nobody went to college in my father's side of the family. And then Earl went to college and it gave birth to another generation of cousins who all we thought and talked about was college and now we were doing that that's dope so when i say i became more cerebral i saw that and so when i saw that it became leadership for me as much as it as more more than it became about getting on the football field um it became because i had been a junior i've been away from home for a while you know what i'm saying for over a year now and i went to winter session when i was in junior college i didn't even come home for christmas break like i was like i was in tune into building my own world so it was about helping other people to be what my father really was for our family. Not the hall of fame, not the accolades. No, it was about, yo, he broke a generational curse. And I can't let you as my brother being from Rockledge, Florida or New Orleans, Louisiana, or uh, Miami Dade, or um, the rougher parts of Compton or San Diego, Chula Vista. I can't let you come here. Knowing what my father did for my family that you can't see right now. Like for you to not get the most out of this college experience, number one, as well as getting your degree, because that will change your family stars. Mm. So I saw that, like I understood that. And so for me, it became about leadership. It became about listening to where other cats came from to get a better understanding of being relatable. Um, because I need you to see everybody get hit. As long as I've been playing ball, it's always consistent. Everybody know I'm Earl Campbell's son, right? So it's always... I'm getting approached from a different level than your average cat because everybody's thinking it's Earl Campbell's son. He's entitled. Mm. Okay. He's entitled. They know my background. I know I went to Westlake high school. He's entitled. So for me, it became about, yo, letting people see my heart. Right. I, and when I let you see my heart, we can build a relationship because you know, it ain't even about that. Matter of fact, I make it more about you than be about me. That's so important. And so um, at every level that I was, I was a captain at every grade. For my um for like the leadership council that we had at SDSU. It was about helping other cats get to study hall. I was always the guy who got roomed with guys on the road who wouldn't be on time for meetings. Like I had to wake, you know, wake cats up. Um, I embraced that role. So it was more about like football was on the back burner. It was literally about SDSU was about walking into manhood. Um, I got switched to fullback. I didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Um I knew that I could play. It was a lot of times mentally really fighting myself. It's like, you know, you can play, but you, you starting to see like, this ain't what God called you to do, but you know, you can do it if you were given the opportunity to, 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 to really like get into the game. And it was about patience. It was about, again, taking into account everything else that San Diego state had to offer me than just football. Right. It's about doing other things, volunteering at, at local, uh, uh, elementary schools, reading the kids, 
um, doing like getting involved with other students outside of the football realm of students on campus. You know, it was about like putting myself out there in other in other facets and and really embracing all that college had had for me. And with that came a lot of lonely times because there was still that fight in my flesh for football because that fight for football had always been there ever since I got exposed to it at 16 years old to getting good at something and knowing that you can play, but it's not your time. It ain't what God wants you to do. Like your flesh want to be over here, but God wants you over here. Like that's tough. That was very, very hard for me. Um, I struggled a lot. I used to like um, go to Mount Soledad in La Jolla, this, this mountain where there was a big cross on the top of it used to be. And I would just sit there and look out on the world be like, man, I'm in Cali, but I can't do it. I'm not doing what I love to do to the best. Like I'm not starting. That's hard. But God was like, yeah, but you're growing as a man. Like, I promise I'm about to take you somewhere, but you're not there yet. <laughs> the content, like, that was hard, the content of your character, man. People want to rush the process and accelerate mm. to wealth or whatever that magic so found this, might this is, be. But This is what God did for me. My senior year, I'm playing fullback all the time, right? In our senior year, we were playing BYU. BYU was ranked, like, in the top the top 20 that year. Right. Um. They had some dope dudes on there. I think Dennis Pitta went on and had a great career with the Baltimore Ravens. They had a great um, a great time. So anyway, um, I got the ball that game. I played running back. I got weaved in and out. I got the ball that game for four carries for like 47 yards. That's like a 10-point-something yards, whatever, per carry. Right. So it was ghosts. It was like everybody was like so surprised. I wasn't. My coach was surprised. Like, dude, I, I've played this since I was 12. I've been playing this position forever. And I'll never forget coming home. I called my mama and she was like, Did y'all lose again? I was like, yep. <laughs> like we got blown out by BYU. And as I was talking to my mama, ESPN showed up. And you know, ESPN would only show the highlights like your top 20 teams, right? Yeah. And Sports Center showed up. And at, at Sports Center, they used to have all the stats on the left side of the screen. Mm. And the, the images we playing, right. the highlights we playing to the right. And when it flashed, it said T Campbell, SDSU, six carries, 40 some yards. And it was God's way of showing, like, I see you, son. Yes, you can still play this game. And um, and it was like, it meant the world to me. Right. All I'd ever wanted to do was be on ESPN. Mm-hmm. My name was on ESPN. Like it said, it didn't say David West. Like, it said T. Campbell. <laughs> you know, 4K. Like, that meant the world. Because right. my father, my Heavenly Father had seen me. Mm-hmm. And I had been obedient. I paid my dues through alternative school. I stopped drinking. I did no smoking. I helped other people. I looked out for other cats. I'm still doing that to this day. I'm trying to be a leader. I'm a team captain as a senior. Man, let me hold over. Let me, I'm going to give you yeah. a flower, bro. I've been, t- bro, this dude, man, this, you've been looking out for me, bro. And I keep saying it. I've been, I've known you since December, 2020, bro. Got me hooked up with Ricky Williams and all mm-hmm. the type of different, bro, you done, man, I appreciate you, bro. Hey, give you your flowers at the beginning and the, I got a few, I got one more, one or two more questions, but man. Go ahead, go ahead. It was living to serve. So I got my, I got my rewards. And when I, when the good Lord blessed me with that, it was like, like, that's all I needed to see. Right. You know, it was, it didn't look the way I wanted to. Everybody want to go D1, rush for a thousand yards, do this, go. It didn't look like that for me. For sure. But my heavenly father saw me. And so I understood the value of service. For sure. That's what you're trying to teach me. And I appreciate you, man. And I guess we could wrap it up with this, man. I know your career sort of, your football career came to sort of an abrupt ending, unfortunately, mm-hmm. man, because I know you were telling stories, but I know you was cold. I know you was, yeah, fullback and everything. But tell them um, another delicate situation, but sort of how that career sort of had to come to an end. Um, yeah, man. Absolutely, bro. Tell them, man, hey, fastest fullback in the game. Right. 91 speed. Nah, I, on, I, I wish I could say I was there. I wasn't there. I, was, nah, I wasn't nah, born. <laughs> no, but listen. So there. this yeah. is this is what, because this is what everything was about. Life is always preparing you for the next steps. This is why things were difficult for me. This is why I got in trouble. This is why the road to, to, to San Diego State was such a long path, the junior college. This is why all the heartaches and all the pain, because I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, my junior year at San Diego State University. So quickly, it was God's way of like, Yo, this is not your path. Mm. Like you got a now you got an autoimmune disease. Like you have holes on your brain, son. Um, but if you really live to serve, like you say you do, I need you to still graduate from college on time with no excuses. 
I need you to still be a leader, even when you're not starting. Mm. Yes, with holes in your brain, I need you to still fulfill what I'm telling you to fulfill. Um, I need you to give yourself your nightly injections when everybody leaves the locker room. I need you to stab yourself with that needle. Um, I did all of this stuff. I became the first person to ever play Division One college football with multiple sclerosis as a as a black male. Um, I didn't I didn't know what God was doing. I didn't know that this was a big deal. I knew that I had a commitment to a university. I signed a letter of intent to have a scholarship to play, to give my all to my brothers on the field, the coaching staff, my teachers, educators. I signed up for that. So I, I do people understand the magnitude of giving your signature on a contract. That is an agreement. And I had to follow through with that agreement. Like no transfer. Like, no, you going you made a decision. You commit to your decision. And if it don't work out the way that you want it to work out, if you are obedient to the man up above, no matter what, he, like David West said, will give me my flowers. So it was no tuck your tail and run, go somewhere else. Like, okay, swallow the pill. Football ain't what you're supposed to be doing. It was, it was all of that. I played football with the disease because I honored the commitment and to give hope to somebody else that they could play football too or do anything that they wanted to with MS. It was about serving and doing that. MS and football, Arian Foster was at my pro day. Shout out to that. I never, I don't really tell too many people that because he's a San Diego native. He did his yeah. pro day at San Diego State University. I was there. Um, we were in running back drills together. But it was like, you're doing all these things and um, you're playing with MS. And then after my pro day at SDSU, had a relapse with the disease. After talking to NFL scouts and coaches and feeling like you have a chance, I was given a relapse with the disease and it totally put me in a wheelchair. Um, But it didn't take the words. That's why I say that speech class, that, that, that willingness to understand who you are at your core, bigger than sports. You know, your gift is that thing that you can do with relentless passion, energy, drive, and consistency, even if nobody pays you a dime to do it. But your purpose is the calling or the fulfillment over your heart. A lot of people understand their gift, but then because they don't understand their purpose, they're still walking around like zombies on this earth. Mm. That's why you see famous people who constantly get in trouble. That's why you see people who have um, who have all the money in the world, but they got alcohol issues. They got marriage issues because they don't understand their purpose. They don't understand the calling that is placed on their heart to utilize their gift. My gift was to speak, speech class. Your gift, Tyler, is words, Latin class. Your gift, Tyler, is um, uh, English and books and novels and stories. Right. That's your gift. That's your lane. Your purpose is serving. You've always had a heart to do, and I made sure you had that heart because I took football away from you. So I put you in an uncomfortable, compromising position to see if you can still stay committed. You live to serve. It gives you joy. So you take your gift to speak and utilize it as a platform to serve, and that will make room for you. That's who I am, B. Football was just the the byproduct to help me get there. That's all it was. And so that's what my time at SDSU was. It was about growing up as a man to get ready for who I was supposed to be. But if I didn't go through all that hardship, all that BS in the background, all the trials and all the tribulations, I'm not able to receive it. And watch this. I get the ultimate gift out of it anyway. I'm married, uh, one of the dopest athletes on the track and field sector at SDSU, right. which is my wife. We got three children. I'm winning. Oh, yeah. Yo, dude, I'm, I'm way more. I'm richer than football could ever give me from a from a heart set standpoint. My wealth is in my health anyway. Mm. It's not about getting rich on this earth. Yo, you got to get into you got to get wealthy on this earth. Yeah, have that for yourself. I am winning. I am wealthy because that woman smiles at me one or two times through the day. I'm wealthy. Listen, bro. We're going to do it. I love you, bro. I really do, bro. You've looked out for me, man. And we'll continue to. Your story is inspiring as I mean, I knew I knew portions of it, man, but hearing you say it first time, bro, and uh, you know, we're gonna continue to rock with one another and I'm hey thankful you, to you have your number, man. Put me back on when Chad when Chad's come back on. I just want to listen. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And if you got, if you, if you still connected with Arian, bro, I've been trying to get this dude on the pod, bro. I've been trying to. 
definitely trying to get Aaron on the pod at some point, man. That's my guy. But uh, hey, man, we'll we'll have to make it shake and bake, sure, bro. Man. Let me what dig is. into the archives, man. For sure. I, I, I met, like I said, first time I met him was he coming out of University of Tennessee, right? About to go make money for the Texans. We're going to end it there, man. Tyler Campbell, Haya Lapai, DavidWest.org. This is my guy, man. Thank you so much, bro. Hey, I love you, my brother. Keep on pushing. Keep on pushing.